It's Terry from No Crumbs Left. What a treat it was on this episode to have David Josephsberg. You know him from Broadway. It was fun to hear where his life was a year ago and what it has become now. I also found it super endearing to hear about his friendship with Nick Cordero and the way he mobilized a community to send songs every day to Nick and how it really ended up changing him. Can't wait for you to listen. Terry from No Crumbs Left, and I'm so excited. We're getting ready to kick off this episode of No Crumbs Left Table Talks, and I've got David Josephsberg, who is kind of like a Broadway legend, so I'm really so delighted to have you. Tell us about yourself and what shows you've been in and all of that. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, I My name is David Josephsberg. I have been on Broadway for the past 24 years. <laughs> Uh, I started, I was in Les Miserables, I was in Greece. I was in The Wedding Singer, I was in Motown, Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, more recently, I was in something called The Prom, and Waitress, and uh, Beetlejuice was my most recent uh, show that I was in. I played Adam Maitland, the uh, Alec Baldwin role. Um, I was in something called Alter Boys Off-Broadway, which is a fun off-Broadway show. And... Uh, that's the career, I guess. Oh, I did actually play the Fonz in a TV movie of um, the Morgan Mindy story. Hey, the Fonz knows how to deal with situations. I love that. You know, in the, um, I know your wife and she's my health coach and she's amazing. And so in the office, it came to be that you were writing about when Liz was having her birthday and someone's like, wait a minute, that's David Josephsburg? Like, what do you mean? I mean, is that the guy from Broadway? Like she was blown away it, it took my credibility up like 17 notches by the way thank you you know especially with these fabulous young people i have working for me so uh that was kind of a lot of fun how the different worlds collide absolutely that's that's totally awesome uh and i love ch chatting with them for a second too it was super fun and i thank you for all the help that you helped with me with my wife for her birthday with a lot of fun yeah. so tell me what you were doing a year ago you know before the pandemic yeah, crazy. It's a, it is actually now about a year. Uh, so I was in probably the best job I'd ever had uh, on Broadway, playing Adam Maitland in Beetlejuice. We were just getting prepared to make a movie of it that was going to be on TV just like Hamilton was. And we were so excited and so pumped. And this show had some of the greatest uh, fans. So the stage door was always rocking during October. It was amazing. And then, then little pandemic hit, and um, that career is over for a year. <laughs> right. So what what has that been like? I mean, this year. And then well, of course, and we all know that there have been blessings. I mean, let's face it; it's been hard. And I don't know anybody who hasn't been touched in a way, you know. And when we all say, "Well, we're not doing that great," we know, and it's every single one of us. It's been a challenge. So yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. There's, you know what, I'm going to go both ways because it certainly has been difficult to lose this career that I've been, you know, fighting for for 25 years and the money that I was in the show and the, the great camaraderie in that show and seeing people every night. However, this has given me such a great opportunity to spend time with the kids. So, you know, I've been on Broadway for 
pretty consistently at least for the last five years. And I miss all their soccer games. I miss all their baseball games. I miss singing with them. It turns out my, my one of my sons has like an incredible voice and we've been making TikToks together. Um, and then I get to make dinners and be with my amazing wife. So there's been quite a few great things that have happened along with the, you know, the, we've, we've all lost people that we love and we've, you know, just had to spend time finding new things, which has been great, but also difficult. I know that Nick Cordero was a good friend of yours and that you were involved in this singing every day. And I'm so sorry about your loss. You know, I think it, it, it even for those who really didn't know him, it's become a very sort of personal thing, you know, uh, for people all over, you know, from his wife to his baby Elvis, you know, to everybody really rooting for, you know, first initially him making it and then them making it now that, that he's gone. So would you share a little bit about that story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So first I'll say uh, they're, they're, that family is filled with such vulnerability and love and truth and honesty. So I, that's why things are happening the way that they're happening. Nick, I did a show with him, one of his first big shows that he ever did. He played the Toxic Avenger, this giant superhero from New Jersey. And he was this big guy who was so kind, you know, with an with a funny, awesome edge, a nastiness, but like such a kind, always there for you. He came to see some shows that I was in and always just truthful and open and, and grateful to be there. And Amanda, I knew a little bit because we had done a little show in, uh, before. So I saw one day on, on Instagram that she was saying that people were saying that we'd like some, you know, some uplifting videos, sending some energy, get stuff, you know, get things moving in a positive direction, an energy flow. And so I made a very serious video that said, like, Nick, we really hope that things work out and we love you guys. And it turns out that's not what she was really looking for. So... Then I saw all these other videos of people being clowns and crazy. And so I said, oh, she wants to laugh. So I put on my Elvis suit that I had from Honeymoon in Vegas. And for three months, I would, we'd come, Lizzie and I would come up with something and I'd sing songs and we'd sing his song, which is Live Your Life, which has changed my life incredibly. Um, Every day at six o'clock, we'd, we'd all get together online and sing for her and, and do funny videos. And I stopped traffic in my town. I got 15 Broadway people to meet in a parking lot and we sang Nick's song. And it was just, it was life-changing for me as well. Uh, and the way that she's handled this whole situation with being such a strong, beautiful woman, taking care of her kids and not taking crap from people when they tell her that she's, you know, not supposed to be getting a, a vaccine or something. She's really a strong woman. And she's, they both have taught me how to live my life differently. Yeah, I've noticed that this on social media. I mean, she is just as kind and lovely and, you know, we're all rooting for her, but it's like, do not come for her because she does not suffer fools lightly. And it's like, do not make that mistake. Yeah, um, it's amazing. So when you say it's changed your life, I mean, what does that mean? Well, okay. So I, I've always been a pretty happy person most of the time you know same as everybody else i got my problems just like everyone else does but i feel like so his song is called live your life and he really did live his life and his had to end prematurely 
So it made me think, what am I doing in any of these moments in my life where I'm not doing something to bring joy or that brings me joy? Not my true joy, not what the TV tells me or not what, you know, someone else thinks is amazing or joyful. Things that truly bring me joy and and there's a, that lights a fire and a spark under me because that then comes out into the world in other places as well. So, you know, it, it, it helped me take every moment as a specific moment and to live it with purpose all the time. I love that. I mean, that's incredible. I think if we get the gift of that this year, you know, this year, um, you know, I, it's like this year, you know, trying to work, you know, in a vacuum, really, you know, just trying to push through and it's, you know, it's been a lot. I know for me, it's really said to me, I really want to take care of my health because for, for whatever time we're here, let's be living our best lives and let's also take care of ourselves because <laughs> it's easy really to take care of the world. And when you are on bright Broadway doing what you do, or if I'm on my platform, there's a lot of taking care of. And it's just, there's also a point where I think it's really, for me, slowed me down. Some people around me would say, we don't see you slowing down, <laughs> but um, where you realize that this is it, there's no dress rehearsal and we got to take care of ourselves, you know? Yeah. What would you say was your favorite role on Broadway that you did? I always get asked this question. I have to say at least three. It's like, I mean, it's not really, but I hate that I'm about to say this, but it's like taking one of my baby. No, it's not really. Um, I would say definitely three roles stand out. Uh, most recently, Adam Maitland, just because it was such a great, I love those guys who are filled with love and they're, they win in the end. Like they're, they have their, their nerdy little guys who become like these superhero loving guys. So that one, I'm going to say uh, Honeymoon in Vegas because, well, Tony Danza was in it, Rob McClure, a great cast. I got to play this guy who came in and stole three giant scenes and sing like crazy for Jason Robert Brown. And then uh, the off-Broadway show Alter Boys um, because we spent about three years creating characters that were based on ourselves. And we got paid in, in Starbucks gift cards, 25 bucks and things like that. But... We were just five guys and we literally were like a boy band and it was so just so much fun i mean it's great and it's so great to be you know appreciative of those moments i know that your wife told me that you had a great uh, stress response prior to you know um perform performing and can you tell me a little bit about that uh, you mean just how how stressed i would get before performing yeah and what would you do about it was there something you did that quelled your nerves <laughs> <laughs> a few things. So, yeah, and I'm learning so much more in my, we'll talk later about my, in my new career about stress and things like that. However, so back then, the best way for me to deal with those kind of things was to have a couple of shots of bourbon. I love it. Hey, there couldn't be anything better. <laughs> you know what? Calm, your voice gets better somehow. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a good soothing thing. Oh my God, it's hilarious because I did not on any level expect for you to say that. So thank you. Uh, what would be the thing that, you know, and I know everyone always asks this, is like, what would you tell your younger self? But what would you tell young Broadway performers that you wish that you knew, you know, back okay. then? That's awesome. That's great. Uh, well, first, I'm going to tell you, like, now I do bourbon, but back when I was coming out of college, I would do as much like uplift, like, um, coffees before an audition. So people would probably think this already with nerves and then adding that on top of it, it must've been insane. So what I would tell myself, I would say, this is good because it goes back to the other thing too, is number one, 
you well three things number one you have to be yourself because if you're trying to give them what you think they want you're not going to be it and they're going to see right through it so be truthful you, you can take what who you are and put that into the character but you have to come from yourself um i would say get happy with becoming uh with the auditioning process and of of you know practicing because you do quite a bit more than that than performing so make those your performances enjoy the moments that you do that and what else do i always tell kids there's a third thing it's just, it's escaping my 50 year old mind at the moment it happens but i like the idea of operating with joy i think that's one of the things in working with liz that i think is so amazing is and what i'm learning from her is is to make that shift from a place of like joy and not you know, not enough. And, you know, it's just like, I've got to muscle myself in, but it's like to really do the process with joy. And uh, my Lucy is, um, is an, is an actor. Um, and I think Lucy has a lot of joy from auditioning and lives their life with a lot of joy. So um, I just want to say joy as many times as I can, but oh, it, I love, I love joy, but I, I just, it, what's interesting is that same piece so resonates with your wife's work you know, at Target 100 and what she's doing, which is so great. So I know now you're pivoting to something else because, well, we've all had to pivot. And so tell me, now we know where you started and where is it taking you to? And then I am going to ask you about your fabulous show that you're doing on your page because I love it so much. But uh, awesome. first tell me about, about Broadway to Breathwork. Excellent, I will. So that fits in also before I remember the third thing now is to don't be afraid to take imperfect action. You know what I mean? To just get out there and, and try things and don't worry about the outcome. That's the third thing that I tell kids because if you're working towards something, then everything's so important and you know what? Let it let it go and then it'll come back to you if it's meant to come back to you. Which is, which is how I sort of came across this stuff. So my wife, Liz Josephsberg, amazing woman. She has her own company, uh, Target 100, which I don't even know if you know this. I'm uh, training to become a coach in Target 100 I, as well. I've heard this, yes. Woohoo! So she said at the beginning of the pandemic, we've tried lots of things. Uh, when I was two years ago, I became a personal trainer and a health coach. But I was a guy who liked to, like, you know, take courses and not necessarily do anything with it. I'd help friends, you know, actors. So there are a lot of actors backstage who I'd take through some, some of the stuff that I learned. So at the beginning of the pandemic, Lizzie said, let's take this uh, a breathwork class. And I said, sure, I love trying anything new. And so I thought it'd be about breathing and you'd, you know, it'd be a meditation. And, and it was, but it was also this huge life-changing experience that is like being in the jungle doing ayahuasca or something. You really, your brain, you turn off part of your brain that's, the critic and says you're not good enough and not smart enough and it allows you to really connect to your truth and maybe even your subconscious. So we took the class and I said, I I want to learn how to teach this. This is amazing. So the teacher, I kept taking his course. I've actually taken it now. I'm two weeks, three weeks shy of a full year of taking his, in his course every week. And I took his teacher training and became a teacher and thought in the classes, they do something where you do moments and you take heart opening moments. It sounds a little woo woo, I know, but it's super awesome. By the way, I love a little woo woo. So, and I, I, I know breath work from, from the nineties. So I know yeah. it. 
And you know, it's it's woo woo mixed with bourbon is a perfect combination of life. Yes, absolutely. So, so there's a moment that you take a future moment and you see yourself doing something. And so I had this focus on seeing myself teaching a teaching a breathwork course like my teacher was online for my fiftieth birthday. And so you know, long story short, on my fiftieth birthday, I had fifty five people on the Zoom taking the and I was leading them through this breathwork course, and they all seemed to have an experience similar, not all, but similar to mine. And we've been doing it pretty much every week since. We built this community of, uh, you know, 100 people on and off. And it's called Broadway Breathwork. And I also sing at every class. So I get to perform. And I get to help people, you know, change their lives. I love that. What's something that you might sing during the class? Oh, gosh. I've sang, uh, to, of course, people are like, sing Les Mis, sing Les Mis, sing Les Mis. So I've sang Les Mis. I do a lot of Billy Joel. I'm from Long Island, so I'm always representing Billy Joel. Uh, I sing Elton John. We sing Beatles. And then sometimes I, every few weeks, I have a big extravaganza where I bring in some Broadway friends and they get to sing along too. We'll be right back with more No Crumbs Left Table Talks. This podcast is brought to you by Room and Board. Lucy, I was so delighted to have them not only on the book tour, but here with us on the podcast. Oh my gosh. It was so fun to join on the book tour and go to all the room and boards. I don't know that I've ever spent that much time in my life in a room and board, but let me tell you, I would do it again anytime. I mean, the furnishings are so beautiful and I'm lucky to have some here in my cabin and they are so well-made and they just kind of make my day better. I like that in your Kohl's media cabinet, you don't actually keep anything related to media. You keep no crumbs left pottery which who's to say that you shouldn't be doing that some of my other favorite things about them are just like sustainably sourced that they give back and pay it forward to the community and that it's american craftsmanship which really and sincerely makes a difference let's go well would it be putting you on the spot to say sing do us a little ditty i could i could ditty up i could i think i could ditty up did he? How about something like a little, uh, little Elton John? Well, oh, I love it. Mm. All right, let me. See. I hope this mic isn't too loud. I have a very large uh, voice. My nose is very large, so a lot of the reverb, <laughs> reverb comes out in it. <clears throat> so let's see. This is a uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," Elton John uh, by David Josephberg. <laughs> can't lie no more of your darkness all my pictures seem to fade to black and white I'm growing tired and time stands still before me frozen here on the ladder of my life much too late to save myself from falling I took a chance and changed your way of Misread my meaning where 
It's always someone else I see Just allow a fragment of your life To wander free The sun going down on me. Keep going or stop? I love it. It's so wonderful. Thank you. I can't even imagine if we told you you were going to do this, but I love <clears throat> I love <throat> the impromptu nature. It's one of the things I love about, you know, recent follower on your page. Um, I love this show that you're doing. And it's like, it seems weekly. And I would call it somewhere between a Broadway performance, a comedy routine, and like special service announcements. I mean, for the community. I mean, frankly, I like it better than Saturday Night Live. Um, wow. No disrespect intended, because that's good too. But tell me about this great thing that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it's so, it's my friend Tally Sessions. Uh, and so that's why it's called Sessions with Josephsburg. Perfectly fit that his name is that. So he actually, he and he was one of the other big people who was doing a lot of, who was, who were doing videos for, for Nick and Amanda. So that's how we sort of connected and found this group of followers who really just are were looking once Nick had passed for us to just keep making him feel good. Mm -hmm. And so we said, hey, why don't we get go live? And then it became, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And now we do it weekly. So we we sing songs, we tell dad jokes, we um and then and then every week we usually have some sort of cause. Right. Like, you know from Actors Fund to Black Lives Matter to so many different things. Uh, and then sometimes we have some special guests that like to speak. And we also sometimes, it's sort of like a self-help video too, because we have people like take actions for the next week. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love that where it's like you're cooking for people or doing something for someone that's older, or if people need to get registered, you know, to get a vaccine, you're helping. I mean, I... I I've been very touched by it and it's just very natural. And then sometimes you guys have slightly irreverent humor. And it reminds me of my mother, gone 21 years, had a band, all women, um, and they played the uh, the um, nursing home circuit. And when you used to be allowed to go into nursing home, we can't, of course, no one can go in one now. But when you when you perform, it reminds me of her. She's just slightly irreverent humor. And you didn't expect this coming from my mom, but she has th this amazing band. The rest of them are still alive and we meet, you know, yearly for our luncheon. But it 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 just it takes me back to that day. So I, I think it's a lot of fun. That is so cool. I would love to see that band. And all women. That's awesome. Yeah. It was it was a hillbilly band when you could say hillbilly and, and now we don't do <laughs> <but> anyway. <laughs> That's what we called it then. So um this breathwork thing, now, I mean I'll tell you in the nineties, I mean I very much uh, my children's father um, taught it and did breathwork workshops, and you know, was it's, he's kind of a yoga master and and all of that. So he did it and would lead groups. So I remember very much in the '90s breathwork and you know the incredible places that it uh, that it that it took us. That is, I mean, Lizzie had mentioned something, but I didn't know it was so close to home. That's mm -hmm. that is, that's that's great. And so, do you even do you get a to do a piece of it now? I don't do a piece of it now at all. I am happy to get to work every day. Your wife's got me drink a hundred ounces of water a day. I've got to take oh. my steps. I got to work out and I have to do small portions. Mm. I just, there's no breath happening. No but, time for anything else. <laughs> and I, it, yeah, and Roy wants to be not uh, below all of those things, you know, so uh, no, I don't. 
but but I like it. I know also that that um, that you have been, you've been on TikTok and tell me some of what you're doing. And I think you should be back over there. I love some of what I've seen there. Yeah, it was, it, you know, so uh, Beetlejuice had this huge TikTok ex fan experience. And so I had like, you know, 1600 fans and I mean, people who followed me and I was yeah, not doing much. And then we started doing them at Beetlejuice and then pandemic hit. And so then I started singing with Benji and then starting doing some comedy and fun stuff. And so it ballooned up to about 55,000 people. And, you know, as things happen, Lizzie makes me drink my water and do yeah. all those things too. So I've, I've sort of fallen off, but I think I am, I am going to get back. Cause I, lo I love to the, the connection that you can make with with those fans. And you can even sing with, you just hop on someone else's song and sing something with them. And it's really cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, my biggest one got to over 2 million views, which I don't even really, I, the reason why I like it a little bit is because my kids were starting to think that I was cool when that was course, happening. Right. <laughs> right. I don't, I'm like, like, you know, Molly has forced me to be on TikTok, and I don't even like, we don't even quite know what we're doing over there. And, and it's interesting because so much of this is like, I'm, I'm so stunned when it's like someone has a recipe and then everybody in the world does the recipe and you're just like, stop with the feta. I will do anything if we can stop doing the feta. Uh, but it is a different world over there, which I don't understand. And I think it's it's geared toward younger people. So how wonderful you know, to do that. And I think your medium is so perfect because it's like, you've got your personal growth stuff, but you've just, you've got your humor and then you've got the the singing. And I think everybody resonates with, you know, beautiful, you know, beautiful singing. I love that you guys, um, are there together, you know, it, it not now, not on TikTok, but I'm getting back to what you're doing over on the lives. But it's all to me, it's all the same. It's all social media. But I love what you're doing. And I I just love this idea of that people show up weekly and and you know, you get to have the show and you and you sing and you can you put them on the page so people can go back. What is your Instagram, by the way? Uh David S. Josephsburg. So people can, you know, find that and go over and yeah, find check it. it out. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start doing more uh more just regular old singing instead of just trying to promote my breath work. I'm going to go back to, I mean, we put the sessions with Josephsburg up every week, yes. but I'm, I'm going to start doing a little more, a uh, little more fun singing stuff. I think it's fun singing stuff. I think you're going to bring people to the page because you are unbelievably talented and absolutely fun to watch. And, you know, and you know, I like that you share, you know, your personal story over there. What do you hope to accomplish with, with, with your business? Huh? Well, so I guess my, my like, if, I, I haven't really thought of a mission statement or anything, but I'd like to make it a viable, real business where, where just so it can get out to people, because there's not only just this stuff that I'm learning with the breathwork, but there's so many other, like the Wim Hof and all this cr stuff with breath right now, it's really helping people change their bodies and the function of their bodies. So I want to get that out there. Uh, I just want to keep connecting with people because I love, you know, so living with joy, doing things that I love. I don't, I get really nervous when I do Broadway. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not really nervous, but I'm still singing. Mm -hmm. I'm still making connections. And this isn't to say, you know, if Beetlejuice comes back, I certainly will go back to Beetlejuice. I love it and loved it. And it can only help bring more people to Breathwork anyway. Yeah. But I'd like to make it, you know, a real thing that we can do from anywhere and to get to finally do it in person with people would be great. Yeah. Because yeah. there's there's a great, it really, you can make this connection on Zoom, but I think it would be amazing to 
be in the room and really have real energy connection. It, it, I think it really is. There's something that's very magic and transformative. You know, what do you, what is your opinion? What do you think is going to happen with Broadway? Do you, when do you think people will go back? I mean, I know it's, it's we're surmising, but why shouldn't we all surmise all the time about things we might not even know about? Right, listen, and think positively. So my guess is that some things will start happening in September. I don't know that there'll be big, full, everyone comes to the show, but I think they'll be like, we'll rehearsing and getting prepared. And maybe, maybe by September, there'll be some sort of productions. You know, I know that we have some sports people coming back, but you can put, you know, two, 3,000 people in a 30,000 seat place. But things are going to also have to change. I don't know about these giant musicals that are based, are, are made mostly for tour tourists. Right. Because that's going to be rough. I mean, Hamilton, they'll, that'll happen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some, I think maybe it'll, it'll, it'll bring, bring it to a smaller place. It'll make it a more homey, like, um, just a smaller, smaller productions, I feel like. Right. Right. So your hope is to, and do you keep up with the Beetlejuice people and, yeah, it's weird. I live out in New Jersey, about 25 minutes uh, into Jersey. And you can probably tell from my accent. Uh, and half of the cast lives out here. So, yes, I, I we, we talk. I see him every once in a while. We go for the other gentleman who was in the show with me. Uh, we, we had a little thing online for a minute called The Real Broadway Dads of New Jersey. We go for walks sometime and chat and drink bourbon here and there. I love it. I love it. Well, the one thing that I wanted to know is just... I, 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 is it oxygenating the blood? What is it that happens with the breath work that creates this transformational work? So yes, uh, it's a combination. Yes, it's oxygenating the blood, but it's also changing the uh, the ratio of oxygen to CO2. So, and it's a, a physiological thing. It's not like, oh, I'm turning off my brain. The, the oxygen in the blood turns off part of the brain. So... What else can I say about it physically? So there's there's that, that the the ratio of oxygen to CO2. And there's also, I do something called breath holds, mm -hmm. which you hold it, which is strange. You know, you think you hold your breath, you hold it in, but you hold it out, which keeps the CO2 out. So it's not, it's telling your brain you don't, the CO2 is what tells your brain that you need to take a breath. Mm -hmm. So you can hold your breath longer and you can keep yourself in this state, which puts you in a, just this open, a different frequency in your brain. Those seemed like a lot of words. I'm not sure I explained it perfectly. <laughs> no, I think you did. And what physically, how does it work? So when people start the breath work, they're laying down comfortably, yeah. they're breathing in and out. So, so yeah. Yeah. The one thing about this technique, which is different than anything else that you should be doing in the world, you should always be breathing through your nose in life. Mm -hmm. However, in this technique, we all breathe all through the mouth. So it's two breaths in and one breath out, one big breath into the belly, another one to the chest, and release. Not pushing, just releasing. Inhale, inhale, let it go. And it's to music. Uh, and you continuously do that for about 28 minutes while I'm guiding you. And, you know, some rah-rah, some beautiful some quotes that I may have found on the subject. There's usually like breathwork for abundance, breathwork for letting go of attachment, which happens to be this. Oh no, I don't know when that is. Um, and so it's all through the mouth. And my teacher has said the reason why they feel that that works is because when you're stressed, you take these 
little breaths and everyone's short breathing and keeping it up here. And it's easier to get into that through the mouth rather than up through the nose and down. It's just. <gasps> well, I love it. And do you end up just doing some mini breaths yourself at night? Does that change your personal practice of what you do in the morning or what you do at night? Uh, so I do one of two, two or three of those a week, a big one myself. And then I do a 10 minute or other times a week. And I'm exploring all different other types of breath work, like Wim Hof, which is very, very similar. Um, it's just, he calls, he doesn't say in inhale, inhale, release. It's in and out, but it's the same thing. And then Soma breath, which I'm just learning about, which is to more hypnotic club music, but you, and you breathe in for about four seconds and out. So it's basically the same. All of them are based in the same kind of breathing. Uh, and it is doing that, manipulating your CO2 to O2. Well, fantastic. So if people want to take it, they should come over and find you on your Instagram. And the breath classes, are they Saturday mornings? They have been so far Saturday mornings at 12 p.m. Eastern okay. Standard Time. Uh, and you can also go to broadwaybreathwork.com, which is where the whole thing lives. And you can find out more about breathwork itself and the next classes. Okay, well, I recommend people go. I know it's reasonably priced. Try the breathwork class, see what tra transformation, and then definitely come check out your page and join and, and have some fun. That is awesome. Yeah, and you get to hear Broadway singing. There's no Broadway right now, so right. come to me. Yes, there, and it's there's nothing more delightful. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me been such a fan of Liz's and it's been fun to kind of get to know you this year and even better today. And um, we're going to keep co coming back for more and come find you. Awesome. Oh, we recently made your onions, by the way, and they were delicious. And then we fried them up after and we use it to make a salad dressing. I'm going full bore on your food soon. I like it. I like the marinated onions. And I think you guys even have a bowl. I've sent you a bowl. So you've got something fantastic to put it in. Beautiful bowls. They are beautiful. Wonderful. Wonderful. Your your wife has me on the eating in the Fred bowl and it's like, it's a smaller portion and all of that. So um, yeah, with the weight loss coaches it like, we all have to eat out of the Fred bowl. So how does that work? Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've become a, a master at uh, like filling a bowl and like literally getting it up twice as high as the bowl. I like it. But it is really a great thing. The whole plate thing that she talks about with the using a smaller plate. And she she occasionally allows us to, she's in the office next door. Yeah. She occasionally allows uh, <laughs> me to have, you know, a bigger plate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, David. Thanks for being here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So we're signing off to, for today. That was a lot of fun. Definitely go see David and what he's doing. I hope he does come back to Broadway and we cannot wait to go see that also. Um, and come find me over on Instagram, Facebook, the blog, Pinterest, and definitely subscribe to the podcast. Have a great day. Well, hello, everybody. This is Lucy, and welcome to what I like to call my after show. This is like, you know, just a cute little way that I've sort of inserted myself back into my mom's podcast because we started with me and I just felt like I wasn't involved enough. So here I am. Hi, mom. You know what? In life, when you want something, go figure it out. <laughs> you really taught me about manifestation. So here we are. I'm manifesting myself on the podcast. I've just, it's, it's wonderful. Um, and no better an episode to talk about manifestation than 
David Josephsburg. I, I am embarrassed to say that I didn't know much about him beyond that he was in Alter Boys, which is pretty epic. But I love that you said that the fact that you're friends with David Josephsburg took your credibility up like seven notches with particularly with Molly, who works for you. Oh, it was like the greatest thing ever. I mean, you know, Molly's kind of a cool, cool cucumber and, you know, not much, you know, sort of fluffs her. And then all of a sudden it's just like, wait a minute, wait, you're, you're sending an email to, to David Josephsburg. Is that the David Josephsburg from, from Broadway? And then, I, then she just like, she couldn't believe that I knew him. And um, we were doing this thing for his wife's 50th birthday and we were sending all these you know, wonderful like videos in and all that. So yeah, it kind of just made me look better. And I like that. And you know, I, with, 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 the, with, and is it people your age, is it called millennials? What is it called? Well, okay. So actually it's kind of interesting. Millennials have a cutoff at a certain date. And then I think I am, then there's Gen X and then there's Gen Z. So I think like 98 is the or 90, maybe it's not, I think it's 96 is the cutoff for millennials or something like that. I, whatever it is, I make it just into, into Gen X. So, but you can, oh, okay. you can lump us all together. It's fine. I don't know when any of them are, and it's just confusing and I don't have time to like Google it and figure it out. And I don't know that it matters because I'm lumping y'all together in a positive way. And I'm crazy about all of you, but the reality is that Lucy, by the way, I believe you're a Gen Z. Yeah. No, I'm Gen we, X. I, oh, I am we not just verified Gen Z. Oh, yeah, you're Gen Google. Z. I am yeah. not Gen Z. Zach Googled Gen Z. Z yeah. Zach, no, we want Zach to recite the facts right now. I am not Gen Z. I was born in 97. Okay. This well, is, anyway. This is going to cause great contention. This, uh, is, uh, <laughs> this is upsetting. In any case, it's not easy to impress you guys. So I kind of get a kick out of when something happens. And I mean, in the kitchen, just so you know, well, then we'll get back to David. There is a, it, you know how you kind of like to make fun of me. There is a sense of Molly and Zach on the regular, just giggling about me and not in any kind of way that's mean. I mean, they like me, but something that I might do or like I spill something, I knock over my phone or, and they just, they like, they're constantly laughing at me. And I've just had to kind of roll with it and say, yes, it's fun. They're just kind of giggling at me, but they love, they love me. It's not in a bad way. So Somebody needs to be because people might not actually know, but my Instagram account, it's the Lucy show used to be called No Crumbs Left's Kid. And the account was actually started as a secret way for me to make fun of you and do behind the scenes videos, which are something you don't want me to be doing because you kind of don't want people to know your little secrets, how you do things, and which is fair. You There's there's a lot of things like why share, why share the magic? But I kind of, you know, the account became uncovered and well-known because I was making these videos of you behind the scenes. And now in my absence, I feel just utterly happy that somebody is, is taking my place and, you know, still poking fun at you. It's good. So anyways, back to David, <laughs> what did you think about the podcast? Well, I thought, first of all, I, I think um, it was awesome to talk about the story of Nick Cordero because that's a friend of he was a friend of David's um, because I think for a lot of people, interestingly enough, I mean, not all of us who were touched by Nick Cordero's story knew him. And um, I think for many people, it kind of personified the pandemic because there was a point, I think kind of at the beginning where many people didn't know anybody who had been affected by COVID. And so it was a way of really humanizing and personalizing that story. And, um, 
like even I saw Phineas O'Connell, who's Billie Eilish's brother and and uh, writer and producer. He wrote a song recently that was like kind of taking the character of, I think it was Amanda, Nick's wife and of the child and writing a song from that perspective because he was so unbelievably touched by that story. So I think in, in many ways, Nick's story is really has touched so many people worldwide and has become, and Amanda's become an inspiration. Um, and it was, it was beautiful to hear about that perspective of how they get on this Zoom and, you know, David does these funny skits of like getting in an Elvis suit and singing Nick's song and they would do kind of like flash mobs all over the world and go to different places. And, and it's just like, what a life filled person, you know, what a, exactly the way that he described Nick is, seems you know the kind of friend that David is also which I just found it really touching it's it's a beautiful story I knew a bit about it because his wife is a friend of mine and so I would know behind the scenes some of the times where they're doing these songs and sending them daily and of course I was so touched by all of it Um, and David is very very funny like I could literally see him on Saturday Night Live his very favorite thing for me, my very favorite thing that he does is this live he does once a week with his friend. And it's somewhere between like uh, personal growth tips, community ideas, some off-colored humor, songs, and just just talking with the friend. And it is absolutely hilarious. And if you eat, it's like, and they put it up every week so you can go back and watch it. But um, yeah, he's a very, very, very funny guy. When he described this show where it's like, they tell dad jokes, they sing songs, they have, then there's some kind of like a, a cause where you're donating money. And then at the end, there's also like some internal action steps of like how you're going to be a better person the next week and all of that. And then, and then it would be like, sometimes they'd have other people on, like, it's just like the show to me, that is somebody's, that sounds like it's somebody's dream realized where it's like, you don't know, you don't have to limit yourself to, we're doing a live about this thing. We're doing a show about whatever we want to do a show about. And I just found it frankly really inspiring because I think in in COVID, we've all been a little bit like freed at the ends. And especially as creatives, it's like, oh God, I could go in this direction or in that direction. So it was really cool to see like a creative, funny actor, especially because I'm an actor, kind of taking himself in all these directions. I also loved, and I wrote this down and I've thought about it since I listened to the episode and I've heard it a few times, but his advice for young actors, um, the first, he had three things. The first thing was you have to be yourself and you have to come from yourself, which sometimes it's like, that's a, a simple thing to say. But when he said it, I kind of heard it in a new way of like everything that you're doing, you have to really pull it from yourself. The second thing was get happy with the auditioning process and get happy with practicing and just enjoying the moments that you audition. And then the third thing he said was, don't be afraid to take imperfect action. If you're really working towards like a specific idea, like I got to get this part, sometimes it can't kind of come to fruition because you're not letting it breathe. And those are three things that I have thought about just in auditioning in the last few days that I kind of wanted to repeat here because I felt like they were such wonderful pieces of advice. No, they really are. I know even for us here and with what we're doing, is there's always, there's so much more to do. And it's just like, you have to be willing to risk and, and try things out that might be a fail. And I, and I feel for a while, I've been a little stuck with not, and Molly's really pushed me out into a place of let's try these new things. Let's, you know, get yourself on camera, you know, eating Italian wedding soup. 
and all of that. And just like, just put yourself out there. And, um, you know, I think it's important. And I, I loved his advice. I thought, I thought it was great. One of my favorite parts is when he sang the song and I love that he sang the song, but even better than him singing the song almost was that I got kind of a sneak peek and that I got to watch the actual video of you guys on Zoom and other people just hear the audio. But what, what happened when he was singing the song was you <laughs> had taken out your phone and I believe that you were trying to do a little story of him singing the song because it was so great. But, and I was watching this happen. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> I was watching this happen and I was becoming extremely stressed because sometimes it's like, we'll be in a busy auditorium and you'll be like trying to like, we'll be like in the middle of a movie and you'll, tr you'll try to do a story. But then what happens after you film the story is the sound plays back for you. So I'm watching you take a story and then get all panicked and go like, like <laughs> no to yourself and, and X out yeah. the story. It was this was happening the whole, the entire time he sang the song and it was the greatest thing I have ever seen. It was Terry, classic Terry. Yeah, and I, by the way, the stories are gonna go up and it did bounce back for a second and I nearly had a panic attack. Anyway, that's all we have time for today, but I love that you told the story. It's, it's a surprise and it's, it's a good one. I'm thinking at some, at some point you should be singing a song on the podcast. It kind of, it just felt like we should be doing this. This is what should happen. No, yeah, I don't know how to sing so that that's not going to happen. It's enough that I have people on that I make sing. Uh, well, I love you. And I'm so happy that uh, you have, were on my after show today. So thank you so much for joining me on my show. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you.